0: Good evening. My name is Patricia Duff. Welcome to The Common Good. Um, I'm going to be brief. But if you haven't been here before, you should know that The Common Good tries to, uh, in its forums, its initiatives, and its programs, to support the best of democratic values. And of course, by that we mean open debate and free press. Um, We've got to have opportunity for all. we have to have, um, uh, let's see, what do we have to have? (laughs) We have to have good governance for the people, of course this film uh, relates to that, and protection of our natural resources, that includes our people and our lands and our waters. So we're all about that. And tonight, this film um, relates to uh, at least a couple of those things. Certainly, um, Freedom of the Press, and the importance of free press to democracy and to governance. So we are thrilled to um, have Bob Friedman, the producer, and his team here tonight um, to present this film, which is all about uh, how um, journalists around the world ferreted out some of the most um, interesting and shocking information that goes to corruption um, in, in and around the world. So we're very excited to have this film. Um, Bob, I'm so excited to have you. We've talked about this for the last couple of months. And Bob is a veteran, 30 year veteran of, in the entertainment business uh, at um, Radical Media and Entertainment, at AOL, at New Line Cinema, at New Line Theater, all as a, um, senior executive president CEO Um, and so welcome Bob thank you so much for being here I'm going to let you uh, take over a little later you will be meeting um, the director Alex Winter and um, Stephanie Rule our moderator and of course um, one of the valiant members of the press who um, investigated this story throughout the last couple of years uh, Kevin Hall, and you the Pulitzer Prize. So please, please give a warm welcome to Bob Friedman.
1: You know, I, I, I
0: feel, I, I'm telling people it's my
1: knee, because when you say it's a hip, you kind of feel old. But I just had my hip replaced last week, so you have to excuse me for sort of using this. Okay. Um, thank you, for P- Patricia, um, for inviting us um, to screen the film with you. Um, we think our values and we think this film aligns very closely uh, with what you're doing with the common good, so we're, we're, we're thrilled to death. Um, following the film is, as Patricia mentioned, we're gonna have a panel. Um, the panel will include our director, Alex Winter. Um, he's an award-winning filmmaker whose credits include Deep Web, Trust Machine, and some of you will sit there and take a look and realize that it is Bill from Bill and Ted's Adventure. Um, he is the real Bill. Um, he had worked actually five times and MTV many years when, when, when I was there as well, and he's just a fabulous award-winning director. Uh, we also have here uh, Kevin Hall, who came in from Washington, who's from McClatchen, we'll hear a little bit more later, who won the Pulitzer Prize for his work on the Panama Papers. He's, he's an amazing character uh, himself, and I think you'll also hear a few things um, that you will not see in the film that have occurred since that is just sort of great fun stuff. Um, there is, and Kevin, I just want you to know there is some press here, um, so you should just be aware that anything you say could show up uh, somewhere else. Um, and obviously, uh, Stephanie Ruhl, um, who is the host of MSNBC Live, um, and has a show uh, about she Rule uh, herself on, on the weekend on MSNBC. Um, I've spent Uh, many years in this business, Uh, but clearly we think that there's no better time uh, for a discussion of and a look into what's sort of going on in the global investment business. Having said that, um, the rise of a, a, a globalized class of world leaders, which Variety in its review said are displaying behaviors that were once associated with banana republics, but what today seem to be turning into a new normal as we're living through this. Um, So I hope you enjoy the film. It's only 90 minutes, and we'll have the panel after it's a pretty quick 90 minutes. So thank you all for coming, and we'll
2: join another panel later. Uh,
3: Why don't don't you guys all come in? Thank you so much uh, all for coming out on this uh, treacherous night to see a movie that um, is quite a treacherous story. My name is Stephanie Rule I'm an anchor with MSNBC. Uh, I am honored. Thank you, oh God, thanks. I'm honored to be here, I'm floored. I'm floored by the story. I think, like many of you, I think lots of us, I at least, had read a lot. (laughs) All right, we'll go double, all right then. Uh, For many of us, at least for me, I can say, I definitely, we reported on the story, we read a lot about it, we saw a decent amount, but until you see it in its entirety, even those final credits, kind of getting your head around the amount of people that are currently sitting in jail. It's sort of a wow. So for us to have the opportunity to sit down with the reporter, the filmmaker, and the producer and how all this came together, I'm excited to have this conversation. So why don't you guys all join me? Go ahead. Great. (laughs) Just for pity. Perfect. Great, thank you. Bob Friedman, Alex Winter, Kevin Hall. Thank you all for sharing this with us. Um,
2: Thanks for coming, thank you.
3: I'd like to sort of go in succession. I'd love to start with sort of the reporting, the movie making, and sort of how you brought this all to us. Kevin, to you first, take me to the McClatchy team. How did you all get your head and hands around covering this behemoth
4: well the short the short version is uh, we we knew we wanted to be part of it. The Miami Herald is our flagship paper. It was not good as flagship paper and it's that's kind of become so in, in, in the flashy. And Latin America's the focus, these documents are in Spanish and Portuguese. Can
3: you hear him you in guys the back? You back there? I don't think so. Hi.
4: One, two, huh? Is that any better? Yeah. Okay, I'll just literally have my mouth on this. Picture. <laughs> no pictures, please. Uh, the uh, Mommy Herald being Latin America focused uh, was a natural partner. And uh, Tim Johnson, who you saw in the movie, The Bearded Fellow, and Marissa. All three of us had worked in Latin America, so it was a natural fit. We, all three spoke Spanish, uh, I spoke Portuguese, so uh, all of that together made us a natural fit for the project, and then the rest of it was just old-fashioned grind work. This was this was not sexy, this was going down rabbit hole after rabbit hole.
3: Did you raise your hand for it?
4: Yes, yes, I was the, the guy in the lead end of it. I, uh, I had headed something called the Society of American Business Editors and Writers, and as part of that, I had Mike Hudson, who was one of the lead guys at ICIJ at the time, speak in Toronto. We formed a relationship. He also knew Latin America well. So we had been talking about doing something in Argentina when this dropped in their lap, and so we already had an ongoing relationship, and from there we were able to develop it further.
3: Help us understand how you stuck to this story, because right now in the world of journalism, whether we like it or not, we're living in a short-term, immediate gratification, uh, let me get clicks and noise and headlines as fast as possible. And the first way you described reporting this was rabbit hole after rabbit hole.
4: Yeah, yeah. This, this, I don't think this could happen today. I think we were at the tail end of being able to do something like this.
3: Stay on that, explain that.
4: Well, I I simply don't think newspapers were in free fall as an industry. I'm not referring to my chain in particular. I mean, you've seen the headlines with hedge funds trying to buy newspaper chains to sell their assets. And you know, BuzzFeed layoffs, HuffPost layoffs, across the board, I think we're in an industry that's facing a lot of challenges. The good news is more people are reading news than ever before. The bad news is the only people who seem to be able to monetize that are Google and Facebook. So, you know, that, that's kind of where we are. So I don't think, I, I literally worked 15 months on nothing but this. My wife didn't know what I was doing. Nobody in the chain
3: knew what I was doing.
4: That, that's the amount of secrecy because you couldn't
3: wow. get any of this out. For one more time. For 15 months, and I know, I promise, you two are looking at me going, I didn't come here for my health. But Hi. for 15 months, at what point did you know, you always knew, I was on to something, but at what point did you know there's a real string I'm pulling on? I can tell a story oh, you, you
4: here. We knew right away. We knew right away. The problem was, as Alex captured in the movie, seeing the document is only the first part. Because most, of the, except for the Russians, nobody had that level of detail. You had to go cross reference properties and addresses and try to find the corporate industries of the whole 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 world. You know, so was, once you found someone you thought was a person. I'll right? give you an example. We spent almost six months on a guy who we were convinced was a CIA. He had been a top CIA guy. Then he was a blocky. He, he turned out he had the same name and almost the same history as another guy. Who Get
3: out of through, town.
4: Come through the military and come to the Army, the Air Force, and two guys, same name, same middle name, Almost same background, and it wasn't, and the CIA wouldn't talk to us about it, the military wouldn't give us personnel records. You know, so six months of work before we finally determined this is, there were two guys with the same name, whose name I won't name. But I guess I named name it because we didn't publish his name Michael A. Delvecchio,
0: who um, the A was
3: in Malta. What the A stand and for?
4: Alfred, I think. <laughs> But what one one had the CIA, and it was Lockheed Martin, and the other had come up to the Air Force and had been in satellite systems, and then went into the offshore business and had offices in Mexico, LA, Spain, and Malta. So was, you know, that's the kind of thing, you know one part of it. And Marissa, who we saw in the movie, who was a bulldog, wrote uh, the guy down and got him to talk, and his lawyer called back and complimented her for getting him to talk. Hmm.
3: Alex, what intrigued you to tell the story? It's a complicated one.
4: Uh,
2: well, uh, I like, uh, documentaries are really good for, for sort of emotionalizing and encapsulating narratives. And uh, I was, uh, I've was, i done several other films in sort of the journalism and the encryption and the sort of cyber areas. So they're all areas I know well in uh, this story slams all of those things together. So it's a really important 21st century news story for a number of obvious reasons. Uh, but it was also a story that I felt had not uh, been, been properly uh, absorbed mm-hmm. um, for the two reasons that, one being that it's, it is incredibly complicated. Um, and the other is that it was suppressed you know, uh and so you have a story where the bad guys are on every you know both sides of the political aisle um in every corner of government and business and uh crime. so nobody really wanted the story to have legs uh despite the the amount of of coverage that that initially broke um, so i it seemed like a really when Bobby uh, and bungalow came to me. Um, you know, they had been talking to Kevin. I was very aware of the story. I have friends, journalists, and other at The Guardian and other places around the world that had worked on the story. And, and uh, it struck me as a really good idea for a doc because I just felt like it, it was, uh, to me, the significance of the story is an emotional response that you have to the, to the essence of what is actually happening here. If you can convey that, and I figured that people would have the same response to it that I did.
3: When you look at the final product, mm. is that the movie you thought you were going to make?
2: No, you never make the movie you think you're going to make. <laughs> you make like nine different versions of the movie and none of those end up being the movie you make. Um, they're all, it's all very different. I mean, the, 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 uh, there's, there are so many things that change while you're making a film. And Kevin and I started working together right away. Uh, and then I got in with Bastian and Frederick at, in Munich. And I was in London, I was in Panama. Um, and the more I learned about the actual journalists, uh, the more I started to understand the the, the real underpinning of this, this sort of systemic corruption that was at play. Um, but then I also formed relationships, like with Daphne's son, Matthew, who I'm very close friends with now. And, and uh, so what I didn't expect, I thought my film was going to be a little bit more retrospective. Um, even though very tight retrospective, because all the stuff had just happened. Um, but you know, Daphne was killed while I was in the cold room at, in London at the Guardian. Um, I mean, things were happening while we were shooting, uh, so that changed the tenor of how of what much the film did was. that
3: change the narrative?
2: A lot. I mean, I would I would argue, and I want to let Kevin speak to this because you know he was inside it, but but it changes the narrative in two in two ways. One is is well, obviously in terms of the film. Terms of the, the Panama Papers themselves and how people were responding to that story, um, and the the significance of having uh, the really scary thing about the times that we're in is is that when Daphne was assassinated, uh, you know, a journalist being killed in an EU country was is really 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 uncommon, um, and sent shockwaves through the journalistic community. And when I was you know I've done a lot of stuff with journalists journalists who are imprisoned. You know, journalists under siege in one way or another, almost all the journalists I was dealing with around the world were not worried that they were going to be killed. They might have been worried about, about having their encryption, their sources blown, their encryption screwed up, uh, you know, various uh, foreign actors coming at them or intelligence people coming at them for one reason or another uh the the world changed after daphne's death for the journalists and the rest of the world didn't catch up to that until you know by khashoggi's death the rest of the world was like oh this is happening now the 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 general landscape of of the world has shifted um the, reason, the only reason i said there were two aspects was the other aspect was and i'm curious to know opinion on this was all the journalists i knew were, were changed like they nobody was taking they weren't taking it at face value that they weren't at risk anymore. Like my friends in Germany, people in the Guardian, people in different countries, they all felt now that they were potentially at risk of being killed, when before they really didn't live in that world.
4: I okay, for compliment Alex. Alex did was he captured, he was able to synthesize a lot of different threads that we were all working individually publishing our own stories. So one of the, the things that Alex, Alex did, did so brilliantly was when make that connection with income inequality. I think yeah. we all kind of hit at it. We never had it as a theme. And then when you step back and look yeah. at yeah. It, and had had it as, as Alex with a step back, you understand really that connection. He, he helped us kind of see what sometimes we didn't see. So that to uh, the question, question about it. safety. Uh, it, Daphne changed everything, but it's not just Daphne, it's the times and what has become acceptable. The cameraman, the BBC cameraman was attacked last night in El Paso during the rally. Didn't seem to get much negative uh, attention from the Trump campaign or the Trump administration. Uh, we have key cards, uh, we've had threats, we've had uh, you know, things, people say they're going to with a gun outside our offices, so we have guards, we have, you know, shatter window. That's all, that is this time, it's not because of Daphne, but it's, times we are now in the pizza thing in Washington kind of underscored that and
3: the I, shooting in Annapolis. Yep. Yeah. I yep. live right twenty
4: right, minutes away from there, So it uh, get home for a course as part of the family. So it's part of was killed. So yeah, so it's it's an unfortunate reality separate from Daphne, but Daphne certainly brought that point home. I think the impunity is what is so shocking about Daphne. Uh, the latest news uh and we're probably never talking about this earlier i am not stealing his thunder but just saying that one of the things that's happened is matthew uh just this week has asked uh the asked german has made known, known that he took that these computers free hard drive gave to the german authorities because he didn't trust the police in malta investigating malta has not asked for any of that information uh, so malta started uh, to their hands Muscat is still there. If you saw the background of that, if you saw on the screen, now it's happening with What that was looking at is whether or not Muscat family was helping the Azari family move money and hide money and
3: that's something that's has to change. Azari, My gosh. Bobby, get yourself into this story. How did you pursue this project? Well, Why?
1: To be, to, to, to be honest, um, we love Docs, we've done Paradise Lost, we've done a bunch of other things, and um, we had a relationship with McClatchy, and I'd heard this story, and the first time we heard this story, what was really interesting to us was that there were 375 journalists who could keep a secret for a number of years. And literally, we thought that was gonna be the story, and I actually, it was Kevin, it's great in these big companies when you can reach out to someone who was just so amazing as Kevin, who was working on this, and this was his beat, um, and then subsequently his beat included Trump. So by definition, it was like an interesting beat to have. Um, and as this evolved, the story also evolved. So when we found you know, Alex, who is an amazing storyteller and documentarian, and also my hero in Bill and Ted's Adventures, as I mentioned before, I have to be honest. Having done Dumb and Dumber, I can tell you sort of, that's where my, my <laughs> excitement goes. But We're about also, to
3: do mock, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. yeah. Um, but when you think about
1: like, up to 2013, there was like something like $300 billion, which has been screwed up and hidden, and that's 10% of the health benefits of Americans today, or four years of education that could be done in America. So that the layers of this story kept going. There were a few of the layers, which to be honest, at some points, and, and I would throw this to Kevin, because I, I really want you to listen to these guys, because we sit with our mouths open still listening to these guys who are with this day in and day out. But, you know, there was a minute there where we thought with the Trump situation. you know, here was someone who said, "I don't believe in offshore financing, and that all offshore financing is illegal. Maybe fifty percent of it is, and you can you know send trillions of dollars to Iran and be a bank and do that secretly. So we thought maybe, like everyone thinks, that there may be something big enough to sort of nail people in American politics, but you know who knows if there ever will be. Um, But certainly it was an element of the story, but the story kept changing. And it was interesting because Alex, I would get these calls and talking about being afraid. You know, all of our correspondence was encrypted. So anything that we did online, our phone calls, I would say to my wife, and she just thought that I was an erotic Jew, saying that I'm You might ending, be. I'm afraid, I am probably as well. Um, but I was like a little nervous that, you know, someone would talk to me and, you know, but it was really frightening as this thing was evolving. But, you know, as, as the story evolved, I mean, you guys were sort of following it day by day, so I would throw it back to you guys. And there's some new stuff, by the way, that, you know, that I was hearing from Kevin. That is like amazing stuff that wasn't in the movie.
3: Anything you can share with us? Yeah,
4: there an to One of the things I, I, I like is Alex both the scene of Leticia Montoya, saying that, well, you saw, saw that was her. No, I don't know what she did. I think she's from the country. We, we also reached her on the top of she no, said. No, I think she's in, in, in the, the interior of the country. No, it's just you, you can see, see she's not a woman with means. And, uh, and there was There's another woman uh, I don't think her name was, was yeah. uh, or Korean shell companies, who the same thing. The Philippines. Uh, uh, they married to a freshman who Bennett put her on all these companies. They're, they're positive in uh, the system. The new latitudes, I guess, that we have finally in the U.S. attack, Ramsey, Skolins,
2: who, is, uh, who you and I spoke to? Yes, well,
4: we spoke to on uh, his birthday.
2: Yeah.
0: He
4: came to the phone to get a job. I gave him a birthday.
0: <laughs> Not so much.
4: <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. does anybody remember Congressman Bob Bowman from Maryland, who designed this candle of the study? Well, he, well, he runs something, something called, called Sovereign Society, which is just, uh, you know it's kind mm-hmm. of a uh, you know getting old, the world coming to an end type thing newsletter, and but he also promoted, I'm he promoted, I'll say, I got these different offshore conferences and I hear well about protection. And he, then of course, did a whole story on him later on. He did, oh my God. I already knew these people. Yeah, I think maybe we talked a couple of times. Of course, we had the emails. And it, it was kind of cool to rust the stage of a or, no, I have nothing. Oh, I know, but it didn't hold anything. Well, yeah, but you kind of got there eventually. And in his case, he mm-hmm. referred to Nancy Zollin says, are Irishman? And uh, so, mm-hmm. are Irishman is now facing U.S. charges? Um, he can't leave under house arrest with uh, an ankle bracelet. And the first U.S. citizen was charged with a Boston-based accountant, Peter uh, Gaffey, I don't know, Gaffey or Gaffney. Um, he appeared in court December 17th. so at least there's a prosecution, but it is pretty striking that virtually <laughs> nothing has been done. Nevada, Wyoming have changed their laws to at least have a real contact. It's, you know, marginal. And uh, you don't have to go offshore. There little no secrets. You go to Florida on and go over to the project right it has to open all this Latin wealth in Miami and it's hidden behind Florida analyses mm-hmm. traced back to Delaware analyses. You don't even have to go offshore for this.
3: All right, we're gonna open up to questions.
2: Have you uh, run the Foreign Agent Registration Act through the database again lately? I
4: haven't done it lately, but I do it on a regular basis, not up, the entire, uh, I haven't downloaded the whole thing then a batch search. It uh, probably would have been a smart thing to do at the time. I would have had full register of this. But we do find uh, there's a couple people online Certain people who hate me and uh, spamming online. Some of them are in this offshore space who are also late to register as terror agents. But there's, there's definitely overlap, and there's overlap in another way. Although uh, a lot of the big name Washington firms have dealt with any number of oligarchs and companies um, who are also in access industries. Uh, more recent ones are
0: registered as um, Russian Thank you very much for what we've enjoyed this evening. I wonder if there's
3: been any intersection with your investigations and the Mueller
4: investigation? see
3: where the question coming from. She's asking if there's any intersection between your reporting and the Mueller investigation.
4: Well, it that he doesn't. Hey Bob, you me a call. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have a sense that uh, some of the Ukrainians of the inauguration uh, may be, as a result of some of the reporting and some of that overlaps with
2: Panama. Manafort, right?
4: and Manafort, of course, um, would be the biggest part of Deripaska. His lawsuit with Manafort and the alleged stolen money that Manafort paid him for played out in the final which uh, was part of that. Gates less so. Probably a Freudy more in the Paradise Paper space.
0: Given that, right, right on your mouth. Okay. Given, given that all roads led to Mossack Fonseca. This one single law firm in Panama. I'm wondering, are there other law firms
2: that might have similar knife-producing activities? Um, Well, there's a couple things. One is, uh, you know, Mossack was global, so the the offices were all over the world, including here in the US. Um, uh, the, The same team behind the Panama Papers broke the Paradise Papers. Uh, not long after the Panama Papers broke, which was Appleby, uh, another firm that dealt largely in multinationals, and uh, went a long way towards exposing what we kind of already knew, which is that multinational corporations are, are as guilty of this as drug cartels in you know Mexico. So, uh, and there are many. You know, there, when I was in Panama shooting, they were talking to me about other Panamanian law firms that were getting away with the same thing that Mossack was doing.
4: Well Alex and I were on the phone with and he had yeah. mm-hmm. us to another competitor by Shout name. Yeah. Um, why are you talking to us? They're bigger and they're just not as successful.
1: <laughs> yeah. It
4: doesn't necessarily but you know the is the paradigm I recently finally got access to the Paradise Papers and I'm one of the journalists who has access to most sets of data, which is interesting to to now be able to have a basic comparison, Applebee's is, is the clean shirt. It's where the ultra wealthy, it's where the Wilbur Rosses go, versus you know the kind of common penny, sc- penny stock scammers who need that anonymity. Anonymity. So, so uh, Applebee's uses, uses nicer, nicer language than most. But Bitcoin is one, one of the areas that was very really <laughs> interesting to, uh, it was kind of my life's industry were all interested I've uh, had kind of an ongoing file someday and go through something that I won't, but if there's a particular Bitcoin case in where they're saying, they're due, their compliance office is saying, don't touch this, this is too risky, and marketing people win the day by arguing, it's not a regulated business, so people are losing a bit of money, it's not our problem, we're just providing right <coughs> a service, and they can't do it. So, it goes back to what we are saying in the movie. They don't mind during the money. They just have to have a thing to do it. That was another example Applebee's
3: does it too. All right. This is the last question. So, whomever has questions, I want you to just close your eyes for a second and ask yourself is this the most important question in the room? (laughs) (laughs) And if you can answer yes.
4: It's a multi part (laughs) question.
3: If you can answer yes, I have the most valuable question in the room, then. Okay, well then, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So, my question is, and and Stephanie,
0: I'd love you to give your opinion on this. What, in America,
4: what can be done with regulations and rules that might change the idea of blind LLCs and offshore, uh, untaxable uh, wealth moving and uh, also world?
3: what can be done about I think the saddest thing is political will. And the problem is, with this, everyone in power is in cahoots, whether it's business or politics. So you know why was it so exciting at the end of the year that you saw anything happen on criminal justice reform? Because criminal justice reform is trying to help people who don't even have the right to vote, right? So when you think about what makes something happen, it has to be will, and the, the, the money and power here are incentivized to keep the system in place. It's why income inequality has become as exaggerated as it has, in my opinion.
4: I'd ask that question, yes. Bob, yes. because yes. yours is the industry, not more in Hollywood, all foreign money, money coming into in Hollywood, all the Russian money into Hollywood now. I'm uh, wondering if that's added and we certainly know that Medical <laughs> <one of> Ethnic <laughs> bought out at least one of uh,
3: Steve, Mnuchin. Steve Mnuchin's
4: partners. Uh, Teased, teased a little bit of the movie, but didn't completely go there. How much uh, do you think Hollywood is rethinking the
1: offshore space? Do you have any sense? To be honest, I don't I don't, I don't think it's unique to Hollywood. I, I think it's in a lot of businesses. And probably the Hollywood reaction has been that the money wasn't necessarily good. Um, you saw what happened with the Asian market, and the money was there, and then all of a sudden it evaporated. Um, you know, the interesting, the only thing that I would add to that question is, which, which was of interest to us, and certainly, I think, clearly defined in the movie by both, both of you guys, is the how. I mean, it is amazing to think how some of this could have happened, but we are living in a time in a political world that we're saying to ourselves every night, how is this happening with the administration that's going on? And the only thing that I would say on a positive note so great that our kids. are getting very educated on how this crap works. Um, which is which is a great thing. And I thank people like you. And in Hollywood, when you're selling a movie, and I know there's some people here from Epics and some of the people who funded this. And all of a sudden, in the middle of this, the guy that you've worked with wins a Pulitzer Prize that is just amazing. And was so accessible. With someone who went on planes secretly around the world, it is just this has been an amazing experience and I'm just so thrilled that people here were interested in it. Oh, we're going to end it. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie, for doing this
2: tonight. Thank I know it's <clears> always a, a big uh,
0: schedule, but all of you, you were wonderful. The movie is really
3: fantastic. Thank you. One more time. Thank all of you.
2: My answer to your question though is that it all comes down to the US and if we fix it here it'll fix it be fixed everywhere. Yeah,